Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick Live. We are on the second week of this new format of Real Truth Real Quick. That's right. I'm here with Emma, not Todd's going? daughter, daughter. Nope. Todd Wagner, and I'm Cooper Wagner, his son, <laughs> his real son, you biological. Are. That's true. That is true. As far as I know. Yeah. So, as hey, as Emma Coop's kind of making the same mistake you did when he says, Emma, not my daughter, like he came up with that nickname. But it was you. Yeah, it's yours. You. Okay. You he needs much. to quote you for that. <laughs> no, Let me right. just He's look at everybody your jokes. real quick, real quick. Anything that I say <laughs> is probably his because I've spent 23 years with him. Yes, you have. And I have no original thought. Cooper has actually so, asked me if he can inherit all my. I have a napkin. <laughs> I have a napkin that is signed. <laughs> That says, I inherit all of his quotes. Yes, Cooper mm. gets those. That's the firstborn. Nice. So. The firstborn, is he? <laughs> it is. Okay. Today, to start us off, we yeah. thought we would just show and share some humor, some memes that we've Real seen quick, recently. Do you have any more Mountain Dew? Can I- you know what? Yes, I do. And see, you were mocking me, but I want you to say it's a diet Mountain Dew. Oh. Right? And, and mm. this is, uh, I, I highly recommend it. So we could not get Aquafina to support us over no. Don Sa- yeah. Smart Water. But still pulling for it. We're trying to get still the PepsiCo people involved. All right. So okay. Diet Mountain Dew. I'm a okay. Diet Mountain Dew man. And I'm going to share right. with you. It tastes as good as Mountain Dew. No calories. No None. calories. So enjoy. Especially in this time it where really we're all supposed to sit like, on our Apparently couch. it really hypes you up on caffeine. It was the Red Bull before Red Bull was born. So wow. enjoy. You'll wow. like it. You will. You Will you? Let's see. Get it. Let's get a sip and a, okay. and a reaction. Real good. Real quick. What do you think? It Honestly, it tastes, just it like tastes it. the same. It no does. calories. Yeah, so okay. there you go. That's what I needed. Do. Well, let's do some humor. Yeah, some memes more. that we've seen recently that we thought would just be funny to show and share. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So, Emma, I think we're showing yours first. Is this. These is are it? what? Funny memes we've recently seen? Funny memes we've recently yes. seen. If you see the, I think it is the picture up. Yep. It there is. it is. There it is. <laughs> so, obviously, a, a fun way to get out of a ticket. Yeah, I'm a speedster. You are? Yeah. So, this is. Have you tried this yet? No, but maybe I should. Okay. I like that. So, that's Emma's vote. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this one, you know, I don't know if you guys know uh, where it is, and I, I, we'll talk more about this tomorrow, because tomorrow, we're going to tease now tomorrow's show. Tomorrow, we're talking about all things online, screen time, mm-hmm. uh, what else? Social- yeah, screen time and just how to, uh, how to, how to manage that, how to manage binging, your household, binging, all, pornography, yeah. all that stuff. All that's tomorrow's show. And so, um, I don't know if you know, but a new show that a lot of folks are binge watching is this, this Netflix show, Tiger, show. Tiger King, The Tiger King. And uh, while I cannot commend it to you, I do know folks involved. I have actually been inside Joe Exotic's house. Wow. So there's a little tease. We'll tell that you more tomorrow. Tease. More weird, tomorrow. Weird flex. But, but weird there, flex. I, I, saw, I saw this uh, this meme, and it was kind of funny. So, Mr. President, the country is going crazy. What's your plan? Uh, release the tiger documentary. It's more like this. Release the tiger documentary. <laughs> Very good, Coop. Yeah. yeah, you are a pretty good impersonator. That was Thank excellent. You. Me and J- John Krasin- Krasinski, according yeah. to Steve Carell. Okay, let's get some yeah. content so people don't leave us. Yeah, okay. So, well, no, I have one more meme. Okay. My meme. Oh, your meme. My meme. Okay, listen very carefully before uh, before we show it. The first line is key to it. It says, for a thousand generations. It's hard to pick up, but that's what it says. And Facebook friends, don't get kicked off. Husband's name Cody is Carnes. Yep. Cody Carnes. I love it. It's a it's yeah. a it's a pretty good song, catchy, and I just think it's hilarious how they uh, how they tied that in. Yeah. The, so that, yeah. that little song Clever. right there, which is kind of I guess caught on with a lot of folks, but yeah, that that song and that meme is true. <laughs> it's funny. For a thousand <laughs> generations, we will be paying for the twelve hundred dollars we're gonna get. 
coming up soon. Not a fan. Well, Not on that fan. note, should we dive in? Let's yeah. dive in. Okay. First question. Is it okay to go over to your boyfriend or girlfriend's home during sheltering in place? Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Of course. Okay. We're getting these. Hey, uh, just a reminder, all folks, um, we have folks that are are with us when we're live, just uh, monitoring oh, all the yeah. comments. Yeah. So you can go to what Facebook. Uh, no, we're actually taking them all. There should be on the lower third a cell phone number that we're mm. putting up. And if you text them in, uh, that is where we're going to be answering all those questions. So Okay, so the text is better than the comment stream on all the different... Text is way better because it stores helpful. it for us. We can always see it and go back to it, answer it in future okay, episodes. good. So Excellent. text it in. All right, very good. So the question, though, that has come in, mm-hmm. um, I think we didn't get to this last time, but over the weekend, maybe at R2, RTRQ at watermark.org is another way to give us something. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's where this came in. Uh, the question, again, the lower third, is it okay to go over to your boyfriend or girlfriend's house during shelter in place? Well, um, I would say this. It's not okay to do anything that would cause the ministry to be discredited. That's 2 Corinthians 6.3, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to let immorality or impurity uh, or greed even be named among you as is proper for the saints. That's Ephesians 5.3, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I think you want to make sure that you don't put yourself in a position where you're going to do anything that's going to make people think, hey, you're not taking... Right now, um, the admonishment or the ask or the requirement of governmental leaders um, seriously. And so uh, just on that level, right, it probably isn't wise because they're asking for folks not to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, the second part of that question is to go over to your boyfriend or girlfriend's house. And I would just say, you know, when you put yourself in situations in general that folks are going to see you, well, either people are going to perceive that what you're doing in there is not you know, playing backgammon, mm-hmm. all right? But you just... Do you know what backgammon is? Uh, nope. I was, I was going to say Parcheesi, which no Whoa. one knows what that is. Yeah. Just because Parcheesi is a great uh, sounding name. That is so, a good sounding yeah. name. Let's just say Candyland uh, or whatever else you might play. I know Candyland. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I play it all the time. So folks probably aren't assuming that you're in there playing uh, those kind of games. And, and listen, um, you're not the first generation that uh, has not been able to be near somebody that they're used to uh, or that they'd like to spend more time with. There mm-hmm. used to be a time when mm-hmm. just distance itself would keep us from getting to drop in. Um, right now, we do have FaceTime. We've got all kinds of other Zoom and all other kinds of ways to interact, um, just a phone call or text. But during this season, you have, you have two things that are at play here. Number one, you've got the request of government officials or mm-hmm. sometimes the the law, the decree of government officials. Yeah. And then secondly, you also have just the wisdom of being alone with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Somebody might be saying, well, we're not going to be alone. They've got roommates. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, that would then push it more towards uh, just the first part of the question. But let me just say the wisdom about being alone with somebody that there's already a sense of attraction to, you know, in a place where you can't be interrupted. Folks that are getting in trouble just in terms of crossing boundaries, and I'm not really sure this is what someone's asking, mm-hmm. but I'm going to drag the question yeah, over no, there. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. Okay. It's a good way to go. Yeah, Definitely. so, so l- let me just say, first of all, don't do anything that's going to cause the ministry to be discredited just from an um, obeying governing authorities perspective. Now, you also shouldn't do anything that's going to put yourself in a position that's going to cause you to be tempted, mm-hmm. all right? And so when you're um, in a relationship with somebody, anytime you're someplace where there is no chance that you're going to be interrupted or no chance that somebody is going to be able to lovingly hold you accountable, you're probably not putting yourself in a position that's best for you and that 
person that you're dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not wise. Uh, not wise at all. So I would just say, um, now there's a couple of reasons why it might not be a great idea. Yeah. You're still allowed to go out and take walks together, you know, with appropriate social distancing. They're Absolutely. really six starting feet. to cra- crack down in Dallas yeah. with this six feet thing. And I think that's yeah. right where we're at. But, um, I, I would just say that there's a couple of reasons why it's not always wise, and especially now as you try and honor your governing authorities. Yeah, so any tips to someone out there, maybe like uh, a 20-year-old college student who is dating somebody that wants to go see them, what would you say? What's a good way to stay in touch? Right, well, I've got um, a little guy living in my house who is a junior in college who has a guy that we think a lot of who hangs out in another part of Texas, and they were like, hey, we, you know, can we kind of go visit one another right now? And I just reminded her that... Uh, there's been lots of times in history when folks who were in, a, in, in healthy relationships and even if they were going to go and be around families at a particular time couldn't because of travel, um, not travel restrictions, but travel impracticalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and we didn't have FaceTime then. We didn't have right. texting then. It was yeah. like, I got to wait to see if a letter comes in the mail today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so I do think it's wise to empathize, okay, with people when they're saying, man, I really miss getting to spend some time and, and to further our relationship face-to-face mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. appropriate spiritual distancing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I would just say this, like when you're with a, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, when social distancing is gone, just from an, an, uh, a, a, um, a wise position biblically, make sure there's spiritual distancing here, that you're not yeah. practicing emotional promiscuity and recklessness, um, as well as then certainly what that's going to lead to, which is a desire to be more and more physically intimate before it's at all appropriate to awaken mm-hmm. love before it's time, as Absolutely. Song of Solomon says. Yeah, yeah. So, But I would just encourage folks to say, hey, listen, right now, for the greater good, you're not going to get face-to-face time, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're not going to get to hang together, and you're going to be okay. But I can empathize, I can listen, I can relate, yeah. and then I can just say, hey, this is just a moment for you. First of all, the Bible says, uh, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. And I would even say to you, uh, it's in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 31, I think, but what I would say to you is that, hey, even the way you date, do it to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And so how do you eat or drink to the glory of God? Here's the answer. When you get your diet Mountain Dew and you like it, don't act like you just stumbled onto um, the eternal water that alone can satisfy your soul. If you get a good meal, thank God for the good meal. Enjoy it. Just don't live for your good meal. Mm-hmm. meal That's all right? good. Just uh, live for Jesus. And so I would say the same thing with your intended uh, relationship is even as you date, do all of the, the glory of God, which don't act like you're going to die if you don't get to spend some time with that person that you're developing intimacy with and courting. You're not. Right, Christ is your life, mm. not that relationship. So I want to empathize, but you're going to be okay. By the way, one last thing to throw in here. This is just a good little comment to give to my friends that are out there. It's not good to tell yourself things that aren't true, mm. right? Like, man, you know, I'm 26 years old and I've never been intimate with a girl. I'm going to die if that doesn't happen soon. Not true. Not true. Nope. <laughs> you're not going to die. All right. You probably told yourself when you were 23, if it didn't happen by the time you were 27, you were going to die. All right, so quit feeding yourself mm-hmm. lies. Mm-hmm. The enemy is going to feed him enough. Your flesh is going to feed him enough. Quit rehearsing them and repeating them. And so uh, don't walk in the counsel of wicked. Stand on the path of sinners. Sit in the seat of scoffers, but delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Remind yourself of what is true. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. boy, we went a lot of different directions with that question. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. just to, and we'll transition right into the second one. Uh, but, and, and anything else you guys want to yeah, ask? Or I'm, I'm, well, and, I would add to that even. Yeah. I think, what does it look like to walk in this season to the glory of God if I have a boyfriend or if I'm engaged? And I think a key piece to that is, one, honoring the government, 
Two, living wisely, as you said. But yep. three, being considerate of others. Because what I'm neglecting in, the, in that choice, if, I were, if your daughter were to go see her boyfriend, whatever, I'm neglecting how my actions might hurt somebody else. Yeah. And that alone, I mean... Love one another, love your neighbor. Just because in this age of the yeah, coronavirus, yeah. we don't know what we're bringing in exactly. or what we're bringing home. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, one thing I wanted to add, which uh, I, you told me growing up and was really helpful, is is on the idea of emotional, spiritual, and physical boundaries. Is yeah. just during this time, I think it could be very easy to cross those emotional and spiritual boundaries that sometimes Christians aren't even aware are mm-hmm. there. And when you're not physically present with one another, you might just naturally want to go further emotionally or spiritually just talking about, Hey, what are you learning? What do you like? With, I don't know if you ran out of conversation and, and but what that does is that's going to push oh, you to want to go further physically the next time you're together. And so just being really careful in this season, emotionally and spiritually okay, this while you're not a, together physically. I, I see the next question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's, that's why I'm, and it's uh, a really good transition. So yeah. what, what's the next question? So the next question is if you're not married, but you're sexually active in your relationship, can you enter the kingdom of heaven? All right. So let me start by just saying this. One of the biggest problems with sexual intimacy before you're married is it's just a whole lot easier to move towards someone physically and sexually and to enjoy being with somebody because of the immediate intense physical feedback that you get through physical connection with somebody. So much so that it's going to get in the way of forming what is going to be the enduring part of your relationship, Mm -hmm. okay? And it's going to hinder emotional development Mm. and communication when you start to have sex. It's just a fact that sex will drive you out of a good relationship before it's time because there's going to be a sense of of, um, conviction. And then, you know, shame and guilt would be the bad expression of that, although there is a sense of appropriate guilt and burdenness that God lets us experience. Let's just call it conviction. If shame and guilt are the devil's tools, let's just say that um, God uses conviction Mm -hmm. in that way. But... uh, so, so it drives you out. Sex will keep you in a bad relationship longer than you should be there mm-hmm. because the sex is good, the physical intimacy is good, and because now I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't just, you know, if you're not a complete jerk, it's not just a one-night stand. I know this girl. I've been developing a relationship. I can't just walk, mm-hmm. okay, when you should walk because obviously you're not at a place where, you're too, where your relationship is um, edifying to one another because you're not able. There's no spiritual leader in the group that can forsake the way of the world and even what mm-hmm. your flesh wants in a way that's going to hurt your relationship with God mm-hmm. and ultimately hinder your development and your relationship with one another. Yeah. But the question specifically was, will it keep me from the kingdom of God? And so uh, let me read you 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Okay. okay. Can I add one thing in and then let you go there? Please. Is, is when you said uh, it'll keep you in a relationship longer than you want to stay. And it also, it's something you've said for a long time, is there's no such thing as a one-night stand because... God naturally made it to where when you have sexual intimacy to become one and uh, you, in a, in a way you're giving part of yourself to somebody and it'll keep you there for a long time. Oh man. I, I, I'm, I don't know. Is it too much of a distraction to talk about? I was talking to Garth Brooks once like the Garth Brooks and um, we were talking about, he, he was making a reference to, to some way that certain songs were used in, in um, different ways. And I made reference to the fact uh, that I used one of his songs in helping high school kids know the truth about premarital sex. And he looked at me like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, uh, what's that song um, where uh, it, it's something summer that, that, that um, 
he, he just, uh, oh gosh, it's about a guy that goes to work for a girl uh, on a farm. I have and, no idea. Oh gosh, Google I've Garth Brooks song. Somebody out there, I can't believe right, I you can't. You keep going, I'll come back uh, with yeah, the Yeah, I think it, the summer's in the title. But anyway, I just said him, there's a, there's a line in there where he says, I have never held another when I haven't seen her face. Mm. And it's talking about a relationship between this widow and this boy that worked on her farm. And uh, what you just said, Cooper, is true. He said there was something more than just that moment, that intense relationship, that connection. Stayed with him. There's a bonding that stuck there. And, mm-hmm. it's, it, and so don't believe that there's not going to be a cost to physical intimacy with somebody outside of your relationship. By the way, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. We talk about pornography. I mean, your mind, your, your mind specifically, God releases chemicals in your brains in the midst of physical pleasure that creates a connection. Um, physiologists or, 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 or um, people who study this, sociologists will call it sex glue. There really is something called sex glue. Okay? So I want to read to you 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, now verse 10, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want to make this really clear. I've already seen myself in that list. Mm -hmm. That's why verse 10, uh, 11's there. Mm. Such were some of you, Mm. but you were washed and you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. So there's two things that are going on here. If you are somebody that is committed to behavior that is inconsistent with the holy nature of God, okay, all of us still sin. That's what the scripture says. If you say you have no sin in you now, you you make God out to be a liar. Even believers are going to do things at times that are inconsistent with the will and the word of God. And I love um, the quote by my friend, one of my guys I've been quoting a lot lately because I've been reading uh, him a bunch, is J.C. Ryle, who was a pastor in the 19th century, the 1800s. And he said this, let no one conclude that they have no grace because they have many imperfections in their obedience. This is important. Your grace may be very weak and imperfect, and yet you may be truly born again and be a genuine son of God and heir of heaven. All right, so in other words, none of us are perfect. I'm certainly not. I'm not, uh, I am being sanctified, but I am not yet glorified. And so there's moments like, you know, Coop, I've had to ask forgiveness of our family members because I've been short or, you know, a little biting with my tongue mm-hmm. in these last, you know, seven days. There's twice I can remember where the family kind of said, hey, dad, that's not the nicest way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to own that. That's a sense of, uh, of just the lack of glorification in my life. I'm being sanctified, but what I would also say is that if I'm committed to that, if I look at you, I don't really care what you guys think. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what scripture you bring to me. Mm. I'm not going to respond to that. Then I would tell you that it's not an issue of a lack of sanctification and that um, it's not a matter of an imperfection in your obedience. I would say it's a, it's a tell that you're not concerned about obedience. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if you are going to say, I'm going to sleep with my boyfriend, I'm going to sleep with my girlfriend... And there's not going to be enough conviction or care for Jesus that I say is my Lord, that I'm going to respond to him. That to me might be, uh, and probably is, some indication that you don't know what the word Lord means, all right? And you might like the idea of a Savior, but you're not embracing who Jesus really is. If you can continue in sin without conviction and a desire to repent. One of the greatest assurances that I've got that I'm a Christian is that when I sin, I hate it. Mm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't hate it when I'm caught. 
I just hate it because I go, who, what am I doing? Why am I giving myself back over to bondage, like it says in, mm. in Romans 6 and 7? Why am I going back to be a slave to sin when I've been set free for freedom's sake? Mm. What, what, what's going on in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, I hope, I hope you guys are tracking with me on this, is it could, if you're continuing to practice as a fornicator, idolater, adulterer, effeminate homosexual. Somebody who's going to say, I'm going to live this way. God made me this way. No, God didn't make you that way. Sin makes you those ways. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to continue to embrace that, not follow after Jesus and make war against sin, you may not be a person who's destined for the kingdom of heaven. But let me guarantee you what I know you won't be. All right? I'm going to put the question back up in the lower third one more time so folks can read it. And then I'm going to answer that because all of that's a pretty good precursor. If you're not married, it says and you're sexually active in your relationship, can you enter the kingdom of heaven? Now, with all that I just said as the mm-hmm. precursor, my final answer is absolutely not. Mm. And what do I mean by that? Okay, uh, I mean absolutely not because you will not experience the peace of Christ when mm. there is sin in your life. And part of the kingdom of heaven, I can even make a case that in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, what Paul's talking about there is not your salvific insurance, but your current abiding sense of experiencing the blessing that God intends for you. If you're a believer and you are making peace with sin, there will not be peace in your life. Mm -hmm. And that is an expression of what the kingdom of God is. So are you saved? If you continue to do it with a sense of hardness of heart, I would give you no assurance. Mm -hmm. We are not going to be admitted into heaven because of what we do or don't do but because of who we believe in. Mm. But if you tell me you believe in Jesus and he is Lord and the spirit of God dwells in you, and yet your life is not uh, consistent with what your Lord says, and the conviction of the spirit is not loud in your life, that tells me that you might be deluded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's exactly what the scripture says. Mm-hmm. Don't be yeah. merely hearers who delude themselves, mm-hmm. but be a doer of the word. So can you mess up even sexually? Mm. Can you be drawn to a person of the opposite sex or even drawn to a person of the same sex and be saved? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Attraction is not the problem. Right. Okay? Um, The problem is when you say, not that I'm same sex attracted or that I'm opposite sex attracted or multiple partner attracted, Mm -hmm. my problem is that I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to even give myself over and be a slave to what I want, which would say... I am king, which would say Jesus isn't your Lord, which is going to affect your eternal destiny. And I will tell you, it's also going to affect your current destiny. That's so good. So good. Um, was the song That Summer by Garth Brooks? <laughs> I knew it was summer. I, I, was... I think it's just That Summer. We had a lot of people texting. You sang the melody of two yeah. other songs while quoting the lyrics of That Summer. I didn't song. sing any melody because I can't sing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is That Summer. It's That Summer, but we had a lot of questions, or a lot of people try to help us out. And uh, no, they it guess was Big Green Tractor, Farmer's Daughter. No, it's no, not no, those no, things. No, it's Garth Brooks. It's man. Garth Brooks. Yeah. So uh, it's that summer Incredible. if you want to go listen to it. Anyways, yeah. moving on. Yeah. Taking a, you can ask the question. Yeah, taking I got a little it. left turn, staying on the idea of relationships, though. Everybody's home. Family's cooped up. We see a spike in domestic abuse. Yeah. So how how should the family unit be operating in this season? But what should how, or how can the church help with domestic abuse? Oh, man. The church can help with domestic abru- abuse by doing what the church should always do, which is to be um, an advocate for good and um, the people that bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, which brings about the transformation, which makes domestic abuse untenable. Mm. 
All right? Mm -hmm. And so I would just say, first of all, if anytime you see a lack of justice, when you see people using power um, or physicality to be abusive and controlling of others, speak up. Mm -hmm. Widen the circle. Uh, but you're compelled by law when you see a child being abused, mm -hmm. okay, to, to call immediately mm. and then let the authorities sort out what the situation might be. But, uh, but then what you want to be about is constantly um, engaging people with the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ so that the sanctification process can continue or begin and then continue so that people will not be prone to anger and abusive speech and certainly abusive mm -hmm. action. Yes. So the Absolutely. number one thing we can do is, first of all, have our eyes open, be involved in the community, speak out against what is wrong, and, um, and share with people the hope that will bring about the transformation that will eradicate mm -hmm. that kind of... Check in on your neighbors, yeah. go over, send them a text, do yeah. just what, any other practicals you would say for Christians in this time, as it is harder to identify those situations, which is why it seems to be on the rise, because teachers typically well, report. So how can we step in? in those yeah, situations? teachers report, and right now mm -hmm. with with the isolation that's out there, I yeah, mean, there listen, sure. there are people that are trapped in a home with abusive people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, and so if you see it, speak up. I mean, this is just in general. Mm -hmm. You want to be somebody that. Um, and you can't see as much what's happening in houses and folks aren't allowed at other houses and, mm -hmm. and, and certainly abusive people can control folks more than ever. But listen, we can still engage folks and love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. If you hear screaming through walls, all right, yeah. Yeah. speak up. Just, um, you know, we around here, we talk about, man, DLR. If it doesn't look right, I would say if what's coming through those walls doesn't sound right, yeah. mm -hmm. then you need to act. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep your ears open. That's good. Emma, you want to take the next one too? Yeah. Okay. Next question. Again, everybody's home. I think there's probably some job insecurity maybe prompting this question, but is it appropriate uh, for the female to be the primary provider of in the household? Or more specifically, is it unbiblical yeah. for a female to be yeah. the primary provider for a family? All right, well, let's talk about what um, you mean by primary provider. Is it is it unbiblical for a woman to be compensated uh, and make more money than her husband? No. No. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I want to, I just, I would agree, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, for instance, let's just say I'm a school teacher and I'm married to a woman who's a doctor. Probably she's going to make more money than me. Yeah. Right. Okay? And so... Um, is that wrong? Well, no. I would just say there's different careers or um, different levels even of, uh, of ability in terms of economic provision. Mm -hmm. Okay, What is unbiblical is to do anything that threatens what is God's ordained mm. uh, role for the family. Mm -hmm. And what I would say is male headship. Now, I tell guys all the time, the biggest mistake people make about the, um, you know, the idea of male headship is that people confuse their role with their rank. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so just because you are the head of the home doesn't mean you boss around. You know, the king doesn't boss around the queen. The queen is the king's helpmate. They are one, and they should work together. And if the queen happens to make more money than the king, that doesn't mean that the guy can't be a provider in the mm -hmm. home. All right, and it doesn't mean that the queen should act like the guy doesn't still have the god ordained role that he has. All right. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like we're answering the question? Yeah. yeah. I think if, even if you could speak to spiritual leadership too in in this season. Okay. So just uh, just more, I guess, more shifting towards roles in yeah. in the family. What what is the role of a man and what is the role of a woman? Yeah. And that the, opens a big, big can door. Of arms, well, I just I've said it before. I want to say it here again. It's yeah. good yeah. in this context to say again. It doesn't say in the Bible that women should submit to men. 
It says mm-hmm. in the Bible that wives should submit to their husbands. So mm-hmm. women, make sure you are not going to wed yourself to a guy that is abusive in his uh, physical position and strength or has a distorted understanding of scripture about what the role of a man is. Here's the role of a man. To love a woman as Christ loves the church, mm. which means to care for her unendingly, unconditionally, um, sacrificially, to cherish and honor her, to do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but to consider others as more important than themselves, and uh, to basically just care for her in a way that I think every woman and every man dreams about. Let me just say this. As a guy, when I um, am putting myself in subjection to elders, I mm-hmm. want those elders to not to lord it over me. Yeah. I want elders to be biblical elders, which means they're servant-hearted leaders, that they're not afraid to admonish but they're also there to encourage and help me with great patience. Mm-hmm. They cherish me and honor me, and they treat me like somebody that Jesus has purchased with his own blood. And so women have equal value and equal dignity, and there is absolutely no reason ever that any person given authority over a male or a female should be anything other than servant-hearted towards them if they take the name of Jesus. So what's the role of a man? To lead and to love and to serve and to care for the woman. Yeah, What's the role of a woman? To help the man. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean she can't work? What I would say is nobody, a man or a woman, should ever want to take on a role that pulls them away from their ability to care for and love one another or care for and disciple their children. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so there's actually a real truth real quick we did on um, you know one in the old format that talks about uh, women and working or being mm-hmm. a working mom. Mm-hmm. And um, we answer that question there a little bit more. This is not the specific question that we're answering right now. We're asking, can a woman be the primary provider? What I would just say is I think it's unbiblical for men not to work, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, for a man not to, because work is not a part of the curse, Right, work, it existed before. It, the work existed in Genesis one. God mm-hmm. said, basically, tend to the garden, be fruitful, and multiply. You know, physically, but also uh, rule over the world and mm-hmm. fill the earth and subdue it and tend to what I've given you. Mm-hmm. And then a little bit later is when sin came into the world. And then now God says, hey, you're going to continue to work, but now there's going to be some elements to your work that aren't going to be as much of a blessing. Women, there's going to be some elements to your bringing forth children that's not going to be as much of a blessing. I don't even think that's physical pain in actual birth. I think what he's talking about there is these kids that are going to come from you are going to be like you, Mm. rebels in heart, who don't desire to ultimately seek the goodness and the will of God in all things. And so it's going to cause you a lot of pain Mm -hmm. in addition Mm -hmm. to it, um, you know, coming out of your womb, okay, they're going to come out of your womb and they're going to be sons of Adam and sons of Eve, which means rebels against authority and God, and that's going to hurt you, mm-hmm. yeah. okay? So, so all the elements of the curse that are there, um, you know, I, I think just make, well, this is make the cross that much more wonderful because mm-hmm. Christ is the one that can reverse that. If you're mm-hmm. a loving, godly mother and father and you share Christ with your kids and they watch you live in subjection to God, they're going to learn those ways and it's going to be a whole lot better to raise kids that are filled with the spirit than yeah. kids that are filled with anger yeah. and Absolutely. rebellion. Okay? So the, the, the curse reverses the enmity between the man and the woman and the woman and the man because it erases the cross the enmity between man and God. Mm-hmm. And now there is peace. And when there's peace between God and man, God can begin to restore what he intended, which is what Ephesians 5 is all about. Yeah. Paul quotes from Genesis 2 in Ephesians 5 when he talks about what a Christian marriage should look like. You know why he quotes from Genesis 2? Because before, this, before sin? Yeah, because Genesis 3 is where the fall is, mm. right? Yeah. And what he's saying is the Christian marriage can begin to be a picture, a sanctified 
okay, picture of what God intended human relationships mm-hmm. to be. It won't be perfect. Every marriage will have trouble. That's 1 Corinthians 7, yeah. right? But Christians who bring their trouble to the Lord and live in subjection to him are going to do a whole lot better. So are there complications in certain relationships where the wife makes more than the husband? You know what? I would say there's complications where there's sin, mm. not mm. different salaries. Yeah. And if a woman takes her economic independence to make her less dependent on her husband, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. If a man withholds economics from a woman to control her, there's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is sin, not the fact that the woman's the primary breadwinner, yeah. okay, uh, or the man's a sloth, not the fact that the woman's the primary bed- yeah. breadwinner. Yeah, let me ask a quick follow-up question. We've got to wrap up. But so just to, what about, what about somebody who's, uh, a man is terminally ill and can't work? Sure. Obviously, there's, there's got to be a different answer for, for that specific situation. Well, yes, right? I mean, uh, we're not talking about, the Bible even makes a distinction. Right? If a man can work and he won't work, then let his stomach work for him in Second mm. Thessalonians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Okay? But it's the man who can work and won't and is just uh, sick with sin and the sin of sloth yeah. uh, or laziness uh, or lack of diligence. That's a different kind of sickness. But so, yeah, if a person is physically unable to work, that, then, then not just the wife, but all of us should help care for that. Yeah, so awesome. real quick, I have a feeling nobody at home after two, three weeks in quarantine yeah. is doubting the sinfulness of either their children, (laughs) their spouse, or even themselves. So what, as we wrap up, final word of encouragement for people who are losing their patience. I think that's probably a struggle for all of us at this point. Yeah, well, I would say don't pray for, this is a a thing I say all the time, don't pray for patience, okay? Uh, Patience is not what you need more of. You should pray that you would uh, decrease and Christ might increase. That's John Mm -hmm. 3.30. You should Mm -hmm. pray that the life which you now live in the flesh you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and delivered himself up for you. In other mm-hmm. words, the fruit of the Spirit, you're abiding with Jesus, is love, joy, peace, patience, patience mm-hmm. gentleness, goodness, kindness, self-control. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say is seek more of Jesus. If you go back and look, I think you know, almost two weeks ago now when I was doing devos and we weren't doing Real Truth Real Quick mm-hmm. Live, I talked about uh, uh, Mark chapter 1 Um, where Jesus would go and find a lonely place. It's why we tell people around here, devote yourself daily to the Lord so that as you abide with him throughout the day, what you're going to share with other people is not your flesh and not your feelings, but the the kindness of Christ is going to rule in your hearts. So So I would say, don't pray for patience. I'm not going to beat people up if they do. But what you want to say is, Father, more of you, less of me. And when Jesus is there, love will be there. Goodness will be there. Patience will be there and ending on time will be there. That's awesome. So yeah, just to wrap up, guys, uh, I have another feeling that no one is doubting. Now being home, I saw a meme that says, as all this, the dads come home from work, no one's doubting the hard work that mom's put in Amen. anymore. Because I, I went home, and it is hard work that my wife is putting in with our baby. So thank you, all your stay-at-home moms. And we'll be back tomorrow. Real truth, real quick live, answering the question, uh, what do we do with screen time? Are you playing the song over there? I'm playing it. He's baby. playing it. Garth Brooks. <laughs> We're going to get copyrighted. Gonna, oh, yeah, we might get kicked off here. Thank you, Garth, for a good song. Facebook, don't kick us off. It's just a second. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow talking about screen time and all that good stuff. See y'all.